There must be a better way. There must be a better way to describe things, to arrange words, and a new way to use words to take you to a place beyond words. There must be. Real Church Matters, Real Church Matters. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Sylvia Hall. And this is Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real Real Church Church Matters. matters. How are you, Mom? I'm doing great. That's good to hear. Uh, Housekeeping, Real Church Matters is the website, realchurchmatters.com. I know there were some people that said that they were on SoundCloud. And it's not on SoundCloud no more. So, well, the the old episodes are, but not the newer ones. So make sure you get to where the new episodes are. Ouch. And I'll meet you there. RealChurchMatters.com As always, it's obedience over audience. Since we have an audience, let's get to it. Amen. And... You ended the last podcast off saying you know what time it is. Amen. <laughs> and I also knew that was my cue to end, <laughs> but I knew that's where I wanted to begin this one. When it's time to go. I've, I've spent a lot of time with uh, people since 2019. I remember New Year's Day, I stood up and I told everybody, I said, this is a year of reconciliation. And I was more intentional about how I engage with people uh, and just being adamant about fixing relationships and reconciling. I said, if the people of God can be redeemed, then every relationship in their life should be redeemed. And if the people of God can can say that they have been forgiven, then they can forgive. And if the people of God can love, then they, we can love. If we can receive love, then we can give it. And then the next year, I felt like this year is revelation. And 2020 was. It revealed a lot. And this year, I feel like It's reaping. And feel like people don't understand that reaping really means the end. Yep. And it's been a the end for a lot of things. And it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And the reason why it doesn't feel right is because, you know, I feel a certain way about fixing things. I feel like if it can be fixed. It should be fixed, right, God? But it's but, like... But when we look at it, because at the same time, at the same time of having that f- feeling of an ending, yeah, the overwhelming thing that first starts to happen is we begin to look at our mortality. And we start thinking, you know, I'm about to leave here. Yeah. Because God is closing doors, yeah, you know, and we start thinking, 
this maybe this is one of the doors he's closed. Maybe this means I'm about to die, yeah. you know. And then as you spend time with God, it does connect like that. Like finality does feel yes. like death in a lot of ways because there are a lot of things that you're dying to. Yeah, and um, it's a process. You know, when people always would say. Uh, salvation is a process. I didn't like it because it was nasty. It start. They start talking about you know, you you're you're not gonna, uh, you know, have a, lose a taste for sin, but it's over a period of time. That's that's not the process yeah. that God talks about. Yeah. Um. And over over this period of a year. Um. The, my body actually was going through a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. That I even when I started focusing on that, my focus had to be called back to what's really happening. Yeah. And to be re- ready and willing, not only to um, say not the, not my will, but thine be done. Yeah. But you know to have that resolution, but also to have that. Trust because I've been at this place before. Yeah. And I, I, it was our conversation at the table that helped me once again as the tour guide. I'm visiting a lot of places in my mind. But when you get to sit with your father and your mother and they kind of walk you through and say, we can be the tour guide here because you are just here for the first time and you're visiting. We didn't lived here for a little bit. <laughs> we haven't been here. We know what it's like to see something end and a and a new beginning and a new beginning. You know, we you don't get to you don't get to just tap out. You know, but you have to. There has to be an end and then a beginning. Has to be, and because the work never ends. And um, one of the things that I've been reflecting on, I'll say this week. Was Abraham. And the first thing. That he had to do. Was to leave. The place he was familiar with. Mm-hmm. And his family. Yeah. Where his father's father lived. And everybody. Yeah. And he had to go. And I said. Oh no. <laughs> you know. But. I knew that. I've been here before. Yeah. And guess what? I was there before. Yeah. And the spirit led me to Abraham. (laughs) And he said, you got to go. Yeah. And and for me, it's not even because we were talking about in one specific way. But it's a lot of if we you take a step back in a lot of ways, there's a lot of things ending. I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. Um, I was, I was kind of got cool with the fact of, you know, over my lifetime, yeah. there's been a lot of closure, and I was sharing it with, uh, with Ellen and Warren, and I give a shout out to them if they listen. <laughs> but I was sharing with them um, about how it's. Just, I thank God for how He's so awesome. Because I said there's many people that 
was my community. And several times, I had to get up and leave. I had to leave the whole community. The whole community. And the crazy thing about it is that sometimes, you know, sometimes God allows you to stay in the physically stay in the community. Yeah. But he takes you out of the community. That's a spiritual way. And he's done that before. And the people I used to be able to connect with, he said, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Nope. You want to know why I realized it was hard for me? Is because I realized that something that I was supposed to do every day, I didn't do. Which is, you know, we hear about this dying to the flesh thing. Yeah. And people speak about it in context of their dying to their desire. Uh, they don't really look at it as cutting your connection, cutting the cord. Yeah. And that's the name of this, the podcast is going to be called Cutting the Cords. Yeah. And because really, it's no different than, you know, anything else in our lives that we're used to. But the, the cords... It, it, as you so eloquently have labeled it now, the cords, if you go back to the scripture, there is only one relationship. And that takes us back to marriage again. Yes. That, that's the only relationship that yeah. is corded. Yes. And even... When it's not the it's not the only even relationship. When you're born, it's the it's the maturation of relationship because we know oh the our first courted relationship is our parents. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and and, and he even, literally in the scripture he says, leave and cleave. Yes. You disconnect and reconnect. And reconnect. Yes. And this is this is uh, it is very difficult to do. Yes. It's very difficult to do. Um because on on this end, as a parent, there comes a place of cutting the cord. Yes. And you got to actually cut it. You know, when the baby's coming out, the doctor cuts the cord. Yeah. So you don't have to well, do some it. Some people want to do it. And some people want to do it. But still, the people that's able to do it, it's not the mother. Then they eating the cords. They doing yeah. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> they doing too much. Yeah. But, but. Just to know that that cord is is filled with everything necessary to sustain life. Yes. While that child is in utero. Yes. When that child comes out of utero, that child no longer needs that sustenance because they're going to have to get their sustenance from a different source. Yes. And this is where I said something with my nephew, Errol Jr., that I think ties in perfectly with this. And I was talking to him about marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him that there are many people who have sex or intimate relations with people, but aren't actually one with those people. Right. And because sex doesn't give you oneness. Right. And to that matter, there are many people who have divorced who were never really married. Right. Because they didn't enter into a courted. A courted relationship or a covenant relationship. So so one of those things that that is becoming abundant to me about cutting these cords and ending things. Yes. And ending things not in the way that people talk about. Because ending things in one way doesn't mean leaving these people's lives. No. It doesn't. 
it's cutting the cord in the way that it was connected, yeah. changing the connection. It's like when when the internet first came out, you had to be tethered to a wall. So you don't have to be tethered to a wall no more. So we still connected, but we got a different connection. So this is like for me. Yes. I have all these adult children. Yes, you do. Who who are now knocking on 40s door. Yes. Well, like I just they, walked in the door. I'm talking about like out of the seven. Yeah. You they, about the majority, like your fourth 40 is about to happen. Yes. In December. Yes. Yes. So there's a lot of there. Four out of the seven will be in the 40s. Yes. They, there's a lot of old folks. There's a lot of. Yes. It's a lot of old folks. And for those that, you know, when they, those that went and got married. Yeah. That's the conversation I have because it, because their marriages had to be covered in it. And, and you got to be tethered means, to that person, which means I had to go Wi-Fi. Yes, because <laughs> that's where we at now. And the connection is strong, but it's not as strong as tether. No, you know no, what I'm saying? It is. It is. It isn't strong. It I is. trust me. I got the most expensive Wi-Fi there is. Yeah, it still ain't fast. It's plugging that bad boy to the wall. And, and it's so important because at times, yeah, yeah, you know, this is what God. Told me because this is good, man. he said, "Keep your keep your position." Real, 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 real he said, "Keep your position," mm-hmm. because he said, "You can't serve an old purpose." Because if you're in an old purpose, and I try to articulate that with my adult, because I want them to be able to do the same thing. Absolutely, establish and, a connection, and by which one can build Wi-Fi from. Yeah. But the good good part about it is, is that by this 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 dispensation of time, yeah, um, the Lord just He told me He said, "Do this, do this." He said, there, it's it's a pandemic. They but, have no business coming back to this place. Yeah, but let's be specific. What He was telling you to do, which the the specificity of it. Is whatever, but the overarching theme of what he was telling you to do is to reestablish connection in a new way. In a new way, yes, and to watch families grow. Absolutely, because they can't grow if there's if everybody's coming. It's just like um, in my heart. I yes, I mothered so many kids, but in my heart, on Mother's Day, I wanted my daughters to to be in a place to feel where they that. Were, where they were honored and and their children could look at them and do what they have been commanded to do in the scripture, which was to honor their mother and father, whether it be with uh, just hugging them and being in their presence. But when you pick them up and you take the show on the road and you sit them at somebody else's feet, you teach them how to honor, you teach them how to honor me, grandmother, but not to honor you. Yeah. And and then you begin to assess and say, yeah, but I had the greatest mother ever. No, 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 no. Your job is to be the greatest mother ever. Right. It's it's kind of the, this just is so much stuff, but it's kind of like in, in our house, the way they establish Wi-Fi is there is a hard connection. Yeah. Hard connection is routed to something that's very powerful. Yeah. And then it's plugged into a router. 
Yeah. And then that router disseminates that signal throughout the whole throughout the whole house. It's stronger in some places than it is in others, but it's still a connection. It's enough of a connection to do what it got to do. You actually had to put two. Yes. Because the space was so big. Because we have a wide area network. Yes. We have a, a WAN. We got a big network. And so, and there's a lot of devices. So it's hard for children to grow up and realize they're no longer the device, they're the router. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, that's what you're saying to, now it's not, I don't want to put it on just yes. your, your daughters. That's what you're saying to your sons. Yes. That's what you're saying to all the adults in your yeah. life. You're trying to plug, get, take them off of you. Yeah, they and don't because you're, you're the router. Yeah, you're taking them off of you and saying, "No, you you now need to be plugged into the landline." Yes, so that you can route. You need direct current because you now have your own network. Yes, and there's you got to wake up oh, in the middle goodness. of the night. You got you got people to pray for, and, and you God got to be able to call on you. Matters. He's got to be able to disturb your sleep. And there's so many devices connected. By to the time you. he get to me. It's it's a bad thing because he said I can't talk to nobody in that house. My, I know this sounds techy to some people; they don't know what I'm talking about. But it's too many adults who are hot spots. Yeah, yep. You a device trying to give off a strong signal. I can't do much with that. Yeah, I need you hooked in. Yeah, I don't need. But people are trying to suss God from my relationship with my her relationship. With God. Yes. And it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible. not strong and, enough. And in fact, and in fact, it, the frustration, I tell you, when, when laying and being sick and the frustration of looking, I would look at my kids' faces and they, and they had, their eyes were like panicked. And some of them were like, pull yourself together. Ma, because uh, we're dependent on you, and I was like, "If you don't get out of my, my face, it, it 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 was a scary time for me." Yeah, because the same time you weren't well, that wasn't a hundred percent either, and I was presented. I'm only I can only speak for me. You can speak for all of them because you're you're the mother, but I can only speak for me. It, I realized that I had you in an unhealthy place. Yeah, not only. Did I did I was afraid, but I also began to be frustrated. Yeah, because as the longer it lasts, the more I was in a position where I needed to have something for you. Yeah. Yep. And and I start looking, I start looking at it and actually hearing God because he told me, he said. Don't get frustrated because. I would look in people's faces. Yeah. And I said, how dare they? Yeah. How dare they come to me looking like that? As if and have nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, no, nothing. And yet, um, I watch God. Because there was we talking about you not being really well for about a good year. Almost a year. And I'm coming to situations facing things that I can't really go to her. And talk about these things. It's not right to. There was times where I would try and it felt selfish. And this, and, this person is is scared. This person is dealing with their own mortality. And yeah. you coming to them 
with what you're dealing with. And at the same time, I could, I could hear God. And he was saying, you're in a nasty place. Amen. You're in a nasty place. Yeah. He said, the Lord thy God is a jealous God. You shall have no other gods before me. Yeah. He said, you've allowed this to be a nasty place. Yeah. And he said, when you get up, when I allow you to get up. Yeah. He said, they will not look to you. And if they do, you're to turn them to me. Yeah. And and I prayed and I prayed because it became more and more evident. And um, God would give me sparks of hope. Yeah. There were sparks of hope. Um, one of my one of my children, and I can say this, and I'll say, um, I'll say two, two of them. Two. One person said, "I want to walk with you." I want to walk with you, so I want to take you to every thing. And they had to sit through all of the all of the doctors' meetings and the, and what the doctor was saying and what they were seeing and what they thought and what they were preparing me for. And um, she she just would march beside me and never tears, never tears or. Never frantic where I could see. Mm-hmm. But she went in and she listened to the real deal. Yeah. And she listened to the heart. And I never heard it again. You know, she looked at me and she said, God got this, mommy. Right? God got this. And I said, yes. Yeah. Yes, God got it. God got it. And it, it was hope for me. But at the same time, when that, okay, that part was over. Yeah. And then another part springs up. And I said, okay, God. And here's another new part. Yeah. How many layers to this stuff is it? Yeah. And he said, we're not done yet. We're not done. We're not done yet. And he said, you willingly. That's why, you know, I don't, I don't need for anybody to speak for me. I speak. And I tell them, this is the, you know, when one called and said, when can I come see you? I said, you can come whenever. But my objective is to support your family in having a strong structure. Yeah. They must honor you. Yeah. They must learn whether it be to color a picture. Or the husband has to learn how to value you the same way I want for Father's Day. Yeah. I want them to be, I don't want the the husbands to be measured against, against their, their dad. I want their, their husbands to be on for the place that they're in, the role that they've been given to fulfill. Whether or not they fulfill that role fully or not yet. Has no, it's no, no. It's of no consequence. But they're in the role. That's right. And it takes, this is, this is why. You know, to, to pause on that for a second, because we expect certain things in certain arenas that we don't hold ourselves to in others. Yeah. But when you go to work, you were hired with a title. Yeah. Let's say you were senior manager. 
you have yet to even prove yourself to be a worthy senior manager. Yeah. But you expect everybody to regard you as senior manager. And you expect to pay. And you expect to pay. Yeah, having not done one day. Done one day of work to even prove it. And the only re- way recourse the job has to protect themselves is they do a 90 day. Yeah. And then after the 90 day, they come back maybe 180 days later. And assess. And assess. Hey, this is and what. say we got the ability to let you go. They'll put in their contract. Yeah, if, you yeah. don't, if you don't meet up to your objectives by this amount of time, we have the ability to either leave, you know, let you go after 120 days. We got the ability to right. let you go. Or we're going to put you in classes to, to, su- get, you coached to up. get you coached up. But one thing they're not going to do is diminish your pay. Nope. Because they hired you. For a role. For the role. So we hear this a lot, Ma, about people being very critical of people in their roles. Yes. Roles that they didn't come and take. They were hired. They were hired. Now, somebody might say the Bible say is he did find it for wife or he did snatch it for wife or she did sneaker for husband. I don't care about none of that. What I know is it ain't even in the Bible. It take two to tango. And, and I want, I, I even take it further than that. Take it further. Ma. Because as a woman, as a woman, you are, you, you, uh, let's put it this way. You are the doorkeeper. Yes. And the you role, are the portal, and, not just to which life flows, and, but to which everything comes through because and, you're a manager. We talked about this before. We talked about being a good manager. They talk about Proverbs 31. He said a woman manages her home. Why? Because she's a manager. Does she own this stuff? No. But, but does she gotta, manage if it? If we go yes. back to if we go back to the scripture. Yes. We'll see because you look at the first marriage, you see Adam and you see Eve. Yes. And you recognize that Eve, uh, and people still squabble over it, whether it, it was Eve who actually sinned or whether it was Adam who sinned by by listening to his wife. The, Which is the, it shows the fatal flaw in relationships these days is that there's more effort put to finding blame than finding, a, than finding like-mindedness. Right. And you will you will find more people putting energy into finding what y'all disagree with than what you agree all on. All you have to do is play out your role. Play out your do role. Do your role. Do stay your role. stay in the role. In the role that Eve was put placed in is is what we're failing at right now because exactly. we didn't look at this. Everybody's talking about the oh, you know, that was her covering. Her Adam should have been able to they it's to, weird forensic stuff that goes on. You could do a whole uh Yes. It's all C, nasty. You could do a whole it's all CSI. Nasty. It's all nasty. But SVU. you go back to the beginning. You go back to how it was created. Man was created from the dust. Somebody said something, Ma and I thought they, I think they were saying it to be funny or whatever. I don't know. But they said on social media, they said Eve wasn't even around when God told Adam to not touch the tree. And I was like, okay, what's your point? Oh, I'm just saying that it's not the woman's fault. And nobody say that. Eve, Eve was taken from Adam. So she, where Adam was taken from the ground. He was taken from dirt, yeah, and then molded by God. They they speak as if, 
but they're not paying attention to again in order to know what you should be doing or yeah. who you are. You got to know the role. But that's the, that's the nasty part. We always talk about it. They're they're for more focused on the punishment than the purpose. They're not paying attention. So even when they argue and they talk about something where ain't nobody get to stay and eat at, uh, in uh, the garden. All I, you know what? Did my, anybody get to stay and eat? No. You know, well, the woman got the bad because they got to give birth. You know, what you know, you the focus, about? the focus um, for every believer, the focus for every woman believer. I'm not going to uh, speak to the man, but for every woman believer should be to fulfill her role. And if she everything about her was deliberate, every time, everything God does, he does deliberate. Yeah. It's not no, by chance. It's not by chance to use the rib. And his, it's not by chance he positioned us yeah. as help meets. It's not by chance. It's not by chance that he said that a wise woman builds a house and a foolish woman tears one down my, with her hands. To everybody wants to know who has the power. But the problem with God is that he established even the very earth. In a way where it is so intertwined. It's intertwined. No one knows who has more power than the other. Can't say the, the daytime is better than nighttime. Well, daytime, you can see. But, yeah, but nighttime is where everything rests. But, and what would you do without but, rest? But if you just spend time with the scripture, he said that a woman inside of herself will want to usurp authority over the man. Yeah. And so as long as we never get past that point. We never work together. We never work together. Because we don't see how we're vital. Everybody wants to know who has it up on the other person. And we never see, get to see God in this awesome relationship, which means there is no trickle down. It's just like when I look at my children, I understand that the very, the very, those that are married. Yeah. The very sacred. Five out of the two. Yeah. The very sacred position, mm-hmm. the the very sacred position that that is, is that I had to step back and recognize that it wasn't for me to even though it feels good that everybody's coming to Big Mama's house and sitting around Big Mama's table. That it's nasty. It's just plain nasty. Yeah, and it seems so. Out of order. You, you know, know, for me, God gave me such a distaste for it that I would often find myself in a room by myself while the house was filled with, and, people. with people. And then I would have to convince myself, Sylvia, there's something wrong with you because this is what families are. My, I'm going to tell you something. I felt like. You've been snipping cords in my life, my connection to you, since I was 15. There would be certain times we sit and it would be like so devastating because you said things that you knew they were the scissors to certain connections. Yeah. And you like, I, I prompted that as being the kid that I was. I forced your hand. Yes. To challenge to to for you to walk out what God is saying. Mm-hmm. She like if he like if you gonna save this boy, it's gonna be because you give this boy up. 
Yep. You got to give them up for adoption. He said, "Reckon, reckon them dead. Reckon them dead." And I don't under, I don't know whether um, God does that with anybody else. This is what He told me. Yeah. And in my mind, I would bury my kids one by one, as if I go through the sorrow of them being dead. Yeah. And then God taught me something. He said, the last enemy to fight is death. Yeah. He Oof. says, so if you, if real, you can triumph matters. in death, he said, you're going to have life. Man, if you can triumph in death, then you've received life. Yes. He said, you're going to, it's no other way. No other way. And so I would reckon them dead to the places of familiarity. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it didn't feel to, you know, this child that you prayed for, you nurtured, you directed. You ain't had to lie. You ain't had to lie. You want to know why you had to lie? Because you made it clear that this hurt. Yeah, it hurts. And you made it clear who you were doing. Like, like people read that story of David and Goliath. This man murdered a man. Let's not lose fact of that. He murdered a man. And he murdered him under the authority of of God. God. Yes. This is literally what you did. You said, I'm doing this under the authority of God. And then it proceeded to hurt. Yes. Yes. And just. But it changed my life. And, and there are some that when, and God showed me this, there's some, there's some that say, you, you, I'm alive and you're going to acknowledge that I am here. You're going to give me what I, what you gave me before. And God told me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting and he said, just stand fast. Yeah. And this is not just Damn fair. this. Is not I love the fact that you're talking from a perspective of a mother because it's going to be helpful to some mothers out there who are dealing with grown children and, and have to kind of bury them. Yes, but this for me, this is coming just looking at what my my brother is going through. Yeah, what I'm going through, and I'm realizing for us, none of this stuff would be as painful as it is if if we just. If you practice what I told you to do, and I showed y'all every day that somebody told me my mother was outside, I said, Who's my mother and my brother? Yeah. If you said that to anybody, they'd kill you. With the yeah. mother you have? Yeah. With the mother you have. I know some people's mothers, they feel like it's justified. If you had the mother you have, and somebody said, Sylvia's outside, Mama Sylvia, Sissy, Whatever they call it, Minister Sylvia, your mother's outside. And I say, who is my mother? But that which does the will of God. And they, that, they, that, yeah. They'd have my neck. Yes. But during the time that I became incapacitated in their eyesight, pick incapacitated, because I was not incapacitated, I had full range of spiritual motion. And I thank God that's for, for, for that. I thank God for knowing that. that. That's the only incapacitation that matters. I had. I was not incapacitated in the sh- spirit sh- realm. Shout out. Take a pause. Let's shout out to each and every person who is handicapped or disabled. Yeah. Or is dealing in a space of your life where you have lost the mobility or the capacity you used to have in your humanity. You are not disabled in the way that counts it the most. most. That's right. 
because uh, you know my and, prayers are with you, but take heart that you are still alive, and you are you have the ability to source. And I start when I start. You start you start feeling people patronizing, yeah. you know, patronizing you because they they see look you at incapacitated the, look in at one the, way. They look at the incapacitation being that this person can no longer function. But in, instead, I came to a point of being able to function ever so well in the spirit realm. And, and it's one of the things like early on, it was tough because like you would come in, in my room. Yeah. And you can see fear. so much fear. Yeah. And you can see so much humanity, which I never got to see in this scale. Yeah. I've seen you scared before. Seen you cry. I've seen you. I've just never seen you this vulnerable. A lack of control. Yes. Because because um, this was more or less something that didn't come to an end. It just continued on and on. And the longer you know, it, the longer it stayed, the more you felt like this might be forever. Yes. That you know because I I talked to God and I said okay. I, I don't fear death. I want to go. Yeah, but, but that, you keep, that quality of you, life is a trickier you, thing. You, yeah, you, you keep <laughs> me here, and I don't understand. I wake up every day. I don't know whether today is the day that you're just going to give me that fresh water, that I get to drink a fresh cold glass of water. That's how. That's how death became when you start thinking about it's just a cooling glass yeah. of water. You know something that connects with that is uh, um, this basketball player, LeBron James, and they were asking him when he's going to come back from an injury. And he, they said, "When will you be a hundred percent?" He said, "At this stage of my career, there is no hundred percent." Do you get what I'm saying? When I get to the point where I can function, I'm be out there. But I'm not waiting to be a hundred percent. Amen. Do you know what I mean? Amen. I, I resonated with that because there are so many times in my life as a man of God who has responsibilities yeah. as a man of God. I ain't even worried about you know because I was laid up in the hospital for seven days and worried because some clients wanted some work mm-hmm. and wanting to getting frustrated because they weren't understanding yeah. that I could not deliver for them. I don't know understanding till I talk to God. Amen. Amen. And I don't care how much I'm laid up in the hospital. There was people that called to check on me and I got to check on them. Yeah. Cause I'm not incapacitated. There you go. There you go. And you know, I am thankful and I do give a, I give a shout out to Sandrina and I have to, because mm-hmm. during the period of time, the longevity, like I said, of the sickness, of yeah, the yeah. physical illness. Mm-hmm. And she started showing up. She would drop the kids off and she started showing up and she come in and mm-hmm. she's like, in the name of Jesus. She said, Mama, God is good. I was, these are the scriptures that I went over today. And she said, let me just read it to you. And she would sit in the bed with me and then lay there next to me and read the scripture. And that's it. Yeah. And she would say, 
you can do you feel like you can can get your bath and stuff? Or you want me to come in with you? And I said, I think I can do it today. And she said, okay, I'm just going to sit right here. She freshened the bed up or whatever. I come back. She got some more scripture. And she read that out loud to me. And then she said, I remember when you gave me this scripture, mama. I was laying in the hospital and you gave me this scripture. Mm-hmm. And she said, last night when I was going to sleep. Yeah. She said, God told me just to give you the same scripture. This mm-hmm. is the scripture. And I'm, you know, I thank God. I thank God. Um, and she started recounting to me. She said, I remember when when I I got sick for the first time. And she said, I was in a bad place spiritually. She said, I was so angry, didn't want God. But she said, every night you came in from work, you came in, you prayed with me. She said, you sat there and I made noises at you. I said, I don't want this. I don't want this. She said, I had a big old size hole in the back of me. And she said, you turned me over, you cleaned me. And she said, you gave me scripture and you loved on me. And she said, I didn't know why. Yeah. But she she did. She pushed past seeing this this mom. Yeah. That needed help from nobody. And she pushed past saying, you know, you should be giving me, you know, I'm having problems at home and or I'm having this or that. She didn't she didn't expect there was no expectation of me. She came bearing the word of God and allowing me to hear God in the situation. And I appreciated that. And I still appreciate, and I told her, I said, I appreciate the fact that you just gave me God. You know, and she wait till the dust settle and she come. Mm -hmm. And so much so that there is every time that I, and I thought about it, we ran into a lady that the lady was in the doctor's office and just just. Decided to get up. This little old white lady decided to get up, and she came over and she prayed for me in tongues. And this was in a, a office. And the first thought I had was, "This is so. This is so out of order." Yeah. And I'm looking over at the lady again, and everything that happened that day. Yeah. It was God. But that's you know, that's the other part. Of this reconnection is that it isn't just relinquishing ourselves of roles that are no longer useful. It's allowing ourselves to reap the benefit of the roles we executed well. Yes. And to reap the, the bread, the bread that comes from it. It's a love. It's a level of that. It's like. Speak to, this, speak to this, Ma. You got to speak to this. There is there are times in your relationship with everybody, but I'm just going to use the example of your husband. He hasn't always done the things that you thought was best for him, for you, or for your family. Correct. Correct. During those times, you you were able to still have enjoyable moments with him. Yes. Yes. Why? How come? How come? You can see 
there's inadequacies and you would, did not allow those inadequacies to. Because, because the thing that helps me mm-hmm. or helped me. Yes. Was that a lot of times, I don't know. I'll just speak for me. You got to just speak for you. <laughs> but, but I always look at me and how God treated me. Yeah. During the process. I had little kids when God when God changed my life. Yeah. And I I'm careful not to say when I gave my life to Christ, but when God changed my life. Those are two different things. Um it is he he was able to love me. But you was able to to think even about that reality even, in the midst of being, yes. being left with the, a lot of the weight of responsibility on you. Yes, because he, every single day, he loved me every day. Even when I, even when I didn't merit being loved. Yeah, he showed me love every day. He never exposed me. He never gave up on me. He never he never said, I gave you enough times. Even when I retreat back into myself and say, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. He loved me to wholeness every single day. And so that's why I'm a, I, I constantly say that to people. I say, God, that scripture, because people preach that scripture and say that scripture, forgetting those things that are behind. But I can't forget because it will determine how I love. It determines how you love when you forget who you are. But that that act of not forgetting is called remembering. Yes. And as the tears come from your eyes right now. Yes. Just the idea of remembering who I am with him is not as great in my eyesight as who I was without him. But you you have to fight to keep that front of mind. It's every day. In the light of kids crying. Yes. I, I mean, you know... I still, I don't think people understand having seven kids that are all within the same age range. Nobody ever. Two years or less than two years apart. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing because I recognize that every single kid, I was so present with the fact that I wanted them to have the ability to be kids. Yeah. Because I was present. In my mind, knowing that you're close in age, you can't take care of your sister. Yeah. You can't take care of your brother. I can't give you that responsibility. And I didn't relinquish it to them. No. Because they had to they had to have the ability to grow. Yeah, and if you did, it was in such small doses. It was me and your dad gonna go to dinner. That's yes. gonna be two hours. You got two hours to be responsible. Yes. I think you, it'll snatch and, all your virtue out by the time the crazy, we come back. The crazy thing is, and because I was so deliberate in it. That was few and far between. That was few and far between. But the crazy thing is that the, that nobody, the older ones, was far into their teens. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is where, this is where 
Um, yeah, because uh, you're talking because it was so deliberate, right? On my part, it was so deliberate because I didn't want the resp- my responsibility to weigh on anyone else's shoulders. And there's a lot of parents who are fighting the fact that they have children that don't respect them and don't understand they don't respect them because they've shared in responsibility. Yeah. And nothing screams peer or coworker like shared responsibility. Shared, there you go. There you go. I don't want you to feel what it's like to even, wake up in the middle of the night. Even if you're giving your child, which is a, what a lot of women are doing, I'll say women primarily, and I know there's exceptions to the rule, and there are men as well. But if, for the most part, there are women giving the responsibility of their happiness and well-being to children. Yes, it's it's it's, it's, it's nasty. It's nasty. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, and it's so important. It's so important. It was important for me that my children had the opportunity to be children. Right. Because these are all things that get thrown on the shoulders of God. Yeah. When kids grow up, the reason why I don't serve God is that my mother said that she was in God, but this is what I felt like. Yeah, this is the burden she put on me. This is the burden I... You said cast all your cares to the Lord. I was helping her. I was helping her raise the kids. And I had to be responsible for this. And I understand that. I understand that. So I I was deliberate. I did not, I didn't act like a 20 something year old because all my kids were born in my twenties. I had none in the thirties. Charity was the Omega and she was born in my 29th year. She was Omega. I had none in my thirties. So my whole twenties from the ages 16 to 29, I was giving birth to seven kids. On and off. Uh, on every and other off. Year. Every other year. And um, I recognized that I wanted for them the ability to be children. Children have it easy. Yeah. Children have it easy because, because they have the opportunity to be in a place where God's defined role is just to obey. Yeah. That they got it easy, yeah. but it, it, they should because they're in the molding stage, right. and and it's so important that parents understand that that stage doesn't last always. Right. So take your opportunities to mold. Right. That's why Jesus said, "Suffer the little children and forbid them not." Yeah. He said it, what he was saying was, "You you elders, right? Don't get in the way." Yeah. Don't pull yourself aside. Yeah. Don't take. Don't put the children as if they can't learn of me. He said they're molded. They're they're, they're mold. You can mold that's, them. That's part you of the thing. I literally said that to um to somebody. They they text me and they said thank you for what you've been doing. And I explained to them like our job is gardeners. As gardeners. You only get things out the way that prevent growth. You don't cause growth. You don't cause growth. Hallelujah. We prune, we remove weeds, we get things that impede growth. But you don't cause growth. I don't cause growth. No. You take credit for that. Yes. Boast in that. Yes. Dap yourself up for that. Pat yourself on the back for that. I ain't grow you up. I gave you space to grow. Because growth hurts. 
Yeah. It hurts. And it's work. And it's work. And I can't do that work for you. Yeah. But I can come and clean up some areas. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Help you move things that are distracting. Out of the way. Out of the way. Yeah. So you can grow. Everything that you see growing is because of what was in you. And put you in the right light. That's put all. you in the right light. That's all. Yeah. That's that's all God is asking. And that's, that's I think that the, the beauty of it all is just knowing knowing that God has already defined the roles. The roles. All we doing is literally it's like a, a sculptor. Yeah. He he's dealing always dealing with more than he needs. Cuz he says uh take my yoke upon you. Yeah. And he said learn of learn me. of me. And then he told you what the what you're going to learn. He yes. said I'm meek and lowly at heart. I've never seen anybody. Now somebody could challenge me. But I've never seen anything not yield godliness out of meek and lowliness. No. It, it, it just happened. Whenever I actually, my this is this is a life hack for those of you out there, especially you men. When you find yourself in tenuous relationships, you need to assess the uh, the amount of pride that you are dealing with. That you're operating in. <laughs> that you're operating in. That you're operating in. Not that anybody else is operating in, but that you're operating in. And you have a responsibility to that. And every single day when we look at each other and we see the issues that we see in people and we do see issues. And that's why I wanted to make sure that mom actually, you know, in in a husband and wife relationship, it can it can be all that you see. All you can see is the issues. You you, and then people are so quick to say, I don't even see what I saw in you. That's because. That is where your attention is focused. You focus in it, and then it, you make it even nastier because you begin to pick through the Word of God yeah, when, and pull out stuff. When you see things based on desire, you're narrowed in your focus. Yes. No different than, you know, somebody saying they want a house and didn't realize that they need to have mortgage insurance, uh, proper, pay property taxes. Pe- You'll see any embark- of the things that goes people along embark with it. on it. I've heard people embark on it on, in so many different ways. Some people embark like puzzle, puzzle pieces. Yeah. You know, I seen that you were strong in these areas and I'm weak in those areas. And yeah. so they, you're the yin to my yang. Yes. They, they embark on you're it. You're the and, peanut butter to my And jelly. I'm like, however, however, <laughs> But when we are in Christ, yeah. when you've been raised in the shadow of God, yeah. then marriage is a covenant yeah. because you can't. And I, I tell people I've learned to talk to people that don't know God. Right. And I said, I don't have a problem with um, two men saying that they're married. That's not a problem of mine. <laughs> Why? Because marriage is an institution that has been given by God. He already set up the rules and the regulations. Yeah. So I say, I don't know what they got. So, yeah, they can. <laughs> they, they, they can. Don't. They can label it whatever. <laughs> I think that that's a that's a maturity that I need a lot of Christians to get into, because I find myself, especially early on, quarreling with people with their usage of terms, as yeah. if. They uh, can't 
First of they, they all, I think define it. I think it's because ma- Christians, first of all, don't define mar- what marriage is within their own marriages. Right. And so when it came to the point of saying, well, at least I'm writing this, I do know that a man can't be with a woman, uh, can't be with another man. Yeah. But I didn't have that issue because when I looked at it, I said, they're not married. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're not in the same school or institution that I'm in. Like we were talking about before. The the administrator of the regulations is God. They're they're grading on a curve. Yes. They're they're in a whole different institution. They didn't even get accepted. Yeah. You know, they didn't get accepted into the institution of marriage because the administrator is God. And so this is perfect because. I actually was going to save it for another podcast, but you could just touch on it. We'll probably go back to it. But this idea of like-mindedness and agreement, there's a, there's a lot of people who feel like I, it is wise for me to agree to disagree in, in relationships. You in, know what I'm saying? If we, we don't, me and my wife don't agree on everything. That's fine. I feel like me trying to make it so she thinks like me because they attribute like-mindedness as thinking like the yeah, other person. Well, first of all, that's a God mentality. Yes. You know, that's what, somebody, what's a God mentality. Did you, you like have, did, did, did you actually got some kind of mind yeah. that somebody is supposed to mimic your mind? Right. We should have the mind of Christ. That's having a God mentality. That's like mindedness. Yes. That's a God mentality. So the person that is saying that uh, we have to have the like-mindedness. What mind are they talking about? Saying we should share a mind, but not our minds, God's mind, Christ's mind. Well, that happens. I mean, I'm saying that's the, the proper way. That's the proper way. Yes. Yes, but that's not the way that, it's not the way that it most happens. people are talking about. They're thinking that you want me to do things like you want me to do it because I don't yes. trust that you are speaking from anything but your own selfish agenda but that is first of all he said leave and cleave so the job of each individual person is to cleave to god yeah not to cleave to each other that happens in the cleaving to god it, it let's put this so sometimes you're the only koala on the tree Okay, you know how koalas wrap their legs around it. Yeah. So you wrap yourself around the word of God. Mm-hmm. You just wrap yourself around the word of God. I don't see the other koala. I don't see my husband wrapped around the word of God, but I am complete. I am complete in the institution because I am wrapped around the institution. Here's the thing. Speak to the person who sees their whole, no, at least they think they are. Because I would beg to differ if they have this perspective. But Yes, they don't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they feel like they're holding on to God's word, but they don't see him holding on. It makes it hard for them to hold on. Cause they oh, feel like, that, that, that's just nasty. Because they're not holding on to, first of all, when God is, first of all, the Lord thy God is a jealous God. Yes. You shall have no other God before him. He is not going to be the reason why you are holding on to your husband. Yeah. He is not the glue 
between you and your husband. He will not be a God that is serviced, self-service station. That's not who God is. So there's people who feel like, you know, I have an understanding of who God is and I have a relationship with him and I want to be a Christian. My husband does not want to be a Christian. Hey, I I say this. Well, that's why I ask. I say this. If if you love God, mm-hmm. And you have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. then there is no chance of this person not becoming a Christian if they are committed in the relationship to the level that they have understanding of. So if they have a level of understanding of what marriage is, that means I went to the to the to the Justice of the peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I had sister the ham person. I don't care how you had it administered. Yeah. But if you had a level of understanding that I'm going to keep only to you. Yeah. So let, let I put it this way for people. Because I think that sometimes we just don't realize it's not the information we're hearing. It's how we're taking it. Yeah. So, so I could come to you with a job. Mm-hmm. And... People, there's like a billion questions they'll go along with it. They're like, well, how much is it paid? How does this, this da, 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 da. I don't know. I still don't know. I could come to them with a Ponzi scheme. They're more apt to receive that. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't involve what, my Work. Doesn't involve work. So everything that you're doing is based on an unhealthy relationship with work. Because, first of all, as a woman, she's been conditioned, conditioned in her she mind. she is getting married to not work. To not work, which is definitely not scriptural. It's not scriptural. It's in no way scriptural. Obedience over audience. Because when you start paying attention to what exactly the work was. Yeah. And how God... Poor, he 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 didn't leave anything up to chance. And if you look at the word of God and you see the role clearly outlined, not only was she taken, God could have easily taken her from dirt, but he took her from a rib strategically. He opened the body, took out a rib, which supports. So many vital organs. Yeah, but there therein lies a problem too, my. We we talking about a lot of trigger words. I didn't even know it was trigger words. So I started bringing them up to people, to spouses and relationships. Yeah, one of them being dependability. Yes, to depend on one another, and I realized that men are well comfortable with being dependent on. Even when they're not even that dependable. And when they're not capable. Even when they're not capable. But let them feel like they have to depend on her. Oh, now we got an issue. Yeah. Even though they are, this is, can never be spoken about. To speak on it is to attack. But the crazy part about it is, um, in Proverbs 31. Yeah, yeah. This this I I mean this woman she worked twenty four seven yeah everything from bringing home the money in every season to covering her family 
making sure that she had forethought, she was present to think about the changing of the seasons and what was being necessary in the home. And then she went to the marketplace. These are all things that it dispels that myth that I'm supposed to go home, sit on my behind, and build him up so he can build me up. Yeah. You know, and he bring it home and they walk around talking about queens and all of this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I, I, You know, I don't take that title as a queen. I don't understand what, because Jesus is has the title of king. Yeah, yeah. And as of in the scripture, it, there, you know. But we, that's, that's taking uh, the parable of kingdom. And wanting our part to play in that to be a place of entitlement. And there's no entitlement. And a wife has the has she, the position. She's not entitled. She's not entitled. And first of all, the, yeah, the man the man does. And it, it, you know, when I figured out that that whole scripture, Proverbs thirty one, was written by the grandmother of King Lamel, that he. Basically, she was telling him how to find a virtuous woman. Yes. She was telling him the importance of looking yeah. and getting all these qualities so that you can continue to be the strong man of God. And here's the thing. Those qualities can't be exploited. No. So those aren't qualities that are sought. No, no. They're not sought by people. Because they can't be exploited. They can't be exploited. Actually, here's a pro tip. In fact. In fact, they're intimidated by them. Exactly. I was in just fact, about to say it. In fact, they're intimidated by the fact that you, you not only, because it talks about how she making the cash. Yeah. And that's because wherever she goes. Well, that's why can we take a pause just to say to to those women who are not married and who have decided that they want to walk in a certain character, a virtuous character, understand that that will be threatening to any man who is not walking in that same character. Yep. So when people be like, I don't know which man is right for me. Oh, the man who sees your character and is not intimidated by it. There you go. The man that sees your character and matches it. Not matches your income. Or. Not matches your desire for you. Matches your character. Or. Your fruit. Or the man that, that is digging so low. That he because he doesn't want to be challenged by your character. You know, he's looking for somebody who's going to worship him in the place that he's at. Yeah. And he just wants somebody low beneath him. Because people people say this too. They say marriage is about compromise. No, it's not. And here's the thing. When you've already compromised, you've already been compromised. Like literally, that's what Paul was saying. He was like, uh, I'm apprehended by the gospel. He was letting you know, he's like, I have been compromised. Yes. So every relationship that I am in, I am compromised. You literally will hear people have arguments in relationships say, I don't want you talking to your mother. Yeah. Why? She's compromised this relationship. She has yes. more influence in your life than I do. Yeah. You think they unlike like you talking to your mother. Wait till you are compromised by God. 
And and this is this is what God has shown me. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. This is what God showed me, and I thank God for my son-in-laws. I thank God for them because the son-in-laws that I have, they have and we and will and can testify to it that they they don't mind. They will say, you know, hey. Mom, I, I just need for you to pray for this situation. Yeah. And that not that they bring about their wife or anything, but just pray for me. Yeah. Pray for my situation. Pray that I become. I, what, do you, what, do you, what does God say about that? And they don't find a, a hard thing to sit and talk. You know, and I thank God for that. I thank God that he's established that because men, the downfall of a man is pride. Absolutely. But when they wrap their heads around the fact that God created, God created male and female. But this is the other thing, too. And this is why what we were talking about with cutting the cords and reestablishing relationship, letting certain things die. Yeah. Is because you see. This person regard can regard me as that woman, but it's nasty if he don't regard you. Yes. So, and so you get what I'm saying? And, and this is the other thing that's nasty about men. They will find women that share, did never share the spaces. They will always put them in like, you got your vegetables over here. <laughs> yeah. You got your this over here. So they can find all separate. They're going to find them a mama hall. That they have no sexual desire for, that yes. they can regard and, and trust her wisdom, and they're gonna put her in their, her, their back pocket and they got her there. But the woman that they sleep with, desire, love, yeah. in any type of romantic or f- emotional capacity, they never regard her in that way. Yes. And the reason being is because, because I understand that position and I'm able to say, you know. This is you need to pray for your wife to because if you to don't feel regard strong, it, yes, if you don't regard strong, it that way, that's a problem to feel strong in the area of and so that you can accept what she's given. Yeah, because what she's given may be from a place she's trying to give the right thing. Yeah, but she's giving it from a place where it's making you feel a certain way. Right. Because. Because she hasn't, she hasn't disconnected herself. Right. When, when, as long as you or, are steeped in self, everything you do, even righteously, will look selfish. Or when I, when I think about it, when I think about it, you know, my kids were definitely kids. They didn't know the backside of marriage. They didn't know what it took. They didn't know, like, when I was making money, was our money separate? When I, you know... What, what, how this worked. They didn't know that. Yeah. And, and I let them stay in their place. I, you know, I don't even like that. Uh, there's a certain level of that's old school to certain yes. things. Yeah. People say. I don't like that. Uh, is, that's because God don't like it. God doesn't like it. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like, what do you mean is old school? What do you mean that the that's that's how they used to do it. That that's how they used to do it. That's not now, but that that reality is, we have a responsibility to teach you a way. Yes, a way that it has is timeless. Yeah. While you may call it old, 
it is timeless. And and we have to be careful because even there is a a feeling of well maybe God doesn't want us to do it that way, mm-hmm. but maybe we'll just go back to doing it this way. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what God wants us to do instead of recognizing that God have clearly defined the roles. Yeah. He clearly defined everything that we do is supportive and it allows the growth, not only of the marriage, but it allows the growth of the man in his ability to lead. Yeah. And not only to lead, but to stand in the position. A lot of times, you know, and we've heard it over and over again. There's not a lot of men in church. There's not a lot of men that can connect with men and feel good about it. Because you get certain feeling, but the strength of that man can actually be enhanced through the relationship with his wife. Yeah, it he won't feel as vulnerable. That's why the scripture says that his heart can trust in her. He won't feel the vulnerability of of being with other men. Yeah, he feels this vulnerability. When the woman or the wife exposes his nakedness, yeah, or runs, he runs the risk of her exposing yeah. nakedness, which is those things that nobody else should see. And to that, because we're going, we're going to end out, and we'll come back and revisit some of this stuff. But even to that, and I'll leave this as a cliffhanger. The women will say, "Well, who am I supposed to talk to?" And I'll tell you this, you can talk to anybody you like, it's what you're saying. It's not who you're yeah. talking to, yeah. it's what you're saying. But thank you, Mom. This was this is good. And Amen. I'm Amen. only stopping because you said you got a, yeah, uh, a meeting. You got a meeting minutes. in 15 minutes. But I appreciate it. This is, a, this is enough for them to chew on because we coming back. We're going to... I think it's a good place. Um, this is a good place God to leave has, off. God, God has given me a directive... That I will be starting um, Wife um, I don't know what to call it But anyway Just, just disciple Discipling discipling, Starting the fourth Friday Of every month Will yeah. be a Zoom You know And, and um, it's been long Long in the making yeah. And so I'm just I'm thankful because It um, out of obedience, you know, I know that this is going to help. This is going to help because it is so important that we just stand in the roles. Don't be worried about anything else. Just, Just please God. That's all.